Previously on D and D and D. Black, I've been thinking about things, and, and I think I'm ready to accept your apology. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. I just want to be a team again, you know. And that's what I want too. Guys, I, this is going to sound a little alarming, but there's no way back right now. Look, look. Oh. I think we're being tricked. Sabbath, I put you in a weird gray zone also, and I want you to know that that's not what I meant to do. I really it's do not want to be- It's not, not Marjorie. We're going to cut away from you guys, and we're going to cut now to Juno and Marjorie on the Badger. So you guys have been walking on the Badger for a while, and it's been about 15, 20 minutes before you realize that it's quiet. Flag's supposed to be behind us, right? <laughs> We last left the team split up after a little bit of a tiff. Little bit. But first, before we rejoin the action, let's have some dinner. Pot pie. Yeah. Pot pie. Get your pot pie. In a bowl. But it's not. It's liquid pot pie. Yeah. It's like pot pie soup and biscuit on the side. Yeah. Imagine like the Go-Gurt version of pot pies. (laughs) (laughs) In a bowl. Pot pie. Actually, though, that's a great idea. Just throw a tube in the microwave? I feel like that's an SNL commercial. (laughs) Do you know like like a fake commercial? Mm -hmm. I feel like Gogurt, Pizza Gogurt. Like soup Gogurt. That's gotta exist in Japan. Right? It has to exist. I don't hate it. It doesn't gross me out. I mean, there's something wrong with There's a lot of baby food that is that. Uh I feel like, James, you should be all about that. You're always like, food is just fuel. Yeah, soylent. Well, it is, but I also, uh, when I do eat, texture is important, and I like crunchy texture. Mm. Yeah, I feel like the go-go is just going to be evolved, like, farty sounding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just little just... little crunchies inside of it. That doesn't oh. sound delicious to all of you? It just farts in your mouth? Oh, God. <laughs> We're going to rejoin Marjorie and Juno to start. You find yourselves on the edge of the forest that you just came out of. I believe Marjorie was riding the badger. We're both on him. Cool. Behind you is the forest, and then in front of you is this kind of rolling hillside that is dotted with patches of purple heather. And the badger is kind of rooting around around one of these patches as you're kind of idling, deciding what to do. Uh, You see before you, as I said, the big city, and you're about 300 yards from the outermost wall of this city. You see a group of some kind of vehicles. You can't quite make it out because there's dust being kicked up and stuff. Um, but something is making its way down uh, Cobblestone Road, away from the city, kind of in your direction. Uh, you're up the hill, kind of, from where this road passes by you into the forest. What do you do? I'm also concerned that they are not here, but I'm still mad at them. I, I think that they will catch up to us eventually. Do you know, there's a group of things moving towards us right now, and oh. I think we need to duck into these bushes. Yes, so we can duck. I'm going to roll for stealth. Oh, no. And it's going to be 13 to hide in the bushes. You go into the bushes, but you're you're still standing next to a giant badger. Oh, no. <laughs> so you're like doing your best, but this badger's kind of, and this badger is still really much your friend. So it's still drawing attention to you by trying to kind of like nuzzle you like a giant cat. I rolled an 11. Yeah, you're just kind of, yeah, you're, you, you like grabbed a handful of the heather and like are holding it in front of your face. Oh, no. Perfect. All right, maybe we just mount the badger and go head to head with whatever this is. Let's meet them. Before whatever is coming down the road can greet you, a shadow kind of 
covers you from above, swooping down is a flying machine. It's Whoa. not an animal. <laughs> it's that's <laughs> old. <laughs> it's, it's upside, upside down. down it's oh. an upside down plane. Oh my god. <laughs> Flight's been like a thing randomly the past couple weeks. I apologize. <laughs> That's all I could think of. It's this kind of single passenger rudimentary plane. You've never seen a flying machine before. Like you've seen animals fly, but neither of you have ever seen a bipedal creature operating a machine that can fly. So this comes in and lands next to you, and dismounting from it is a like a six five broad shouldered knight in chainmail armor and tunic that has like a very official looking like badge on the front. Strapped across his back is a big great sword, and it has wings because this is clearly a dragonborn. And he calls out to you. He holds out a gauntleted hand and he says, "Hold it right there!" Wowie zowie. Marjorie puts her hands up in the air. <laughs> Juno is just awestruck. He says, o- okay. The knight approaches you and says, I am number 72. Do not be alarmed. I am here to hold you for interrogation by the undercounselor. Do you come willingly? How long is this going to take? I am unsure. Marjorie is is impressed and charmed by this very tall, very in- incredible I mean, he's got a lizardly person. face, but he's attractive. Oh, do you think Marjorie cares about looks? <laughs> no, 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 no. I do not. <laughs> no. So Marjorie's like, you can take me wherever you want, buddy. Big boy. Number 72, I just we have to tell you that we are on a vital, time-sensitive mission. Lives are at stake. Is it number 72 or just 72? <laughs> Number 72, please. <laughs> you come from the other world, correct? World this is... number one, baby. I am unsure of the number of worlds. <laughs> if your mission is from the other world, the counselors are most interested in speaking to you. Please, come with me. Sir, I will, I will follow with you. I'm interested in talking to your leaders. And I'm interested in talking to you, number 72. Oh, This I is good rhymed. news. Martin, I gotta, I gotta say, usually I'm with you on... I'm checking dudes out, but he doesn't do it for me. But I, more power to you. More for me. Yeah. That just means more for me. Number 72, like, isn't phased at all by this conversation. <laughs> he's just, like, kind of walking behind you. Like, he's bigger than even Juno. Like, he's broader than Juno and taller. And, like, the wings. Well, I gotta use that as a point of comparison. Well, well just Juno, to, like... you can't even see your shadow. It's just all him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, you're, you're kind of both eclipsed by this giant uh, imposing knight figure. And uh, as you get to the road, the party that was traveling down the road is approaching, and you see that it's two kind of motorcycle with sidecar kind of vehicles, but again... Did you say motorcycle less sidecars? No, with sidecars. Oh. Um, but they're not <laughs> like... sidecars. But they're not <laughs> totally, like, they're not motorcycles. Like, they're more of like a literal horse- horseless carriage kind of thing. Uh, and you can't totally tell what is propelling them forward, but presumably it's some it's some kind of magic as far as you guys know. In the center between these two kind of motorcycle vehicles is a horse uh, with a rider, uh, and this rider has this like long red cloak flapping behind him uh, with like a blue lining and this long red hair with, tied back with uh, into a, like a ponytail with this blue ribbon, and he's dressed in this military uniform, but more like something you would see at court 
than like out in the field. It's this like really ornate black, red, and blue, like French style, like military dress with this big blue flower in, in his lapel. And this is like this gorgeous, smooth, androgynous looking man. You're like stunned by the beauty of this rider. Well, why am I I wanna be in this one? <laughs> and then you the Marjorie's knees buckle, yeah, by the way. Marjorie's uh, knees buckle and she kind of loses her footing a little bit. And then you see the beast that he's riding and his mount is no less gorgeous. It's not a regular horse. Uh, you notice that it is a binocorn. It has two oh. horns protruding from its forehead. Yeah. Oh. Uh, what and the fuck? <laughs> the, the horse is, its hair is gold and its fur is, or its mane is gold and its fur is silver. And, and each horn is kind of braided in the two metals. And, it, and it's as reflective and as shiny as though it were actually made of this metal. You're overall just in awe of the total scene, you know, coming up before you. This man dismounts in this like graceful singular motion and walks up to you and kind of like clasps the cape across his shoulders. So it's kind of like half covering his uniform. Yeah, but the does. flower is still exposed. Yeah. <laughs> he comes up to you and he says, greetings, travelers. My name is Under Counselor Yanathan, and I have a few questions for you. And, and I... that's where we're going to cut to the other team. Yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> we got witches. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure they're super hot. You do have witches, and they are not super hot. Uh, not even one of them, like the Sarah Jessica Parker of this trio? No, these are oh. very clearly, these are like end of Snow White witches. Or... And you remember Hercules, the fates? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's what I'm kind of imagining. Uh, That's those, a good reference crones. point as well. Mm-hmm. Crones, crones, hags. Whoa. Yeah. All right. Starting to get a little offensive, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody roll for initiative. What, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm personally looking forward to being a hag one day. 20! Nice. Oh, nat 20. Both of but, you? No. Oh. Oh, 10. 19. The order is going to be Zabbis, Fletch, Fleck, Hags. Black and hags, black and hags, black and hags. Zabbis, Fletch, and Flag and Hags, and then the others are in a really beautiful other place. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, does Jeremy need to roll initiative? Oh, right. Jeremy's with you guys. Yeah. Jeremy can't really do much. Uh, That's true. He can have talking. Spook him. Spook him. Um, Jeremy's like, "Uh, I think this one's on you guys, and then kind of like goes and hides. Oh. (laughs) I'm... Classic Jeremy. Jeremy. I'm going to cast... Stinking Cloud. Uh, you learn Stinking Cloud? I, I have did. Stinking Cloud. Fuck, do you really? Yeah. Double Aww. the stink. Double I thought that'd be trouble. like a fun little surprise. It's a fun little thing, but yeah. I create a 20-foot radius sphere of yellow nauseating gas centered on a point within range. The cloud spreads around corners and its area is heavily obscured. The cloud lingers in the air for the duration. Each creature that is completely within the cloud at the start of its turn must make a constitution saving throw against poison. That's hilarious. Okay, I love on it. the start of its turn? The farts uh, go around corners. Just like IRL. <laughs> yeah, the start of its turn. Okay, cool. Fletch, what you um, doing? So I'd like to, I'm going to shoot at one of the hags with my Stormtail bow. Okay. In hopes to signal our other team that is not with us. Okay. To give us, a, a, so I'm going to just draw and shoot at one of the hags. Okay. 18, so 23. That'll hit. Cool. 17. And then I'm going to shoot. Again, I'm going to hit the same one, I guess. Okay. Same one, you said? Yeah, so that's nine. Nine misses. Nine misses, okay. Okay, you hear two, the three of you hear two loud clashes of thunder, 
as the electric bolts spring forth from the Stormtail bow. One of them hits their target, the other sails wide and disappears into the thick forest behind the hags. Should I roll a perception? Nope, you don't hear it. Oh, I don't hear it. I don't think we should kill them. Okay. Because I want to know what's up. Sure. That's why I'm going to cast Tasha's Hideous Laughter. Okay, what does that do? A creature of my choice that I can see within range perceives everything as hilarious and falls into fits of laughter if it affects them. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or fall prone and become incapacitated and unable to stand up for the duration. Uh, as long as the witches have an intelligence score of four or more. What do you Jeez, on their turn, if, if both of ours work, yeah. they're going to spend a turn throwing up and yep. laughing at the oh, same time. Yeah. That's why I thought it'd be hilarious oh, if I did yeah. this, because they're going to be like on the ground laughing in the middle of a giant fart cloud. Puking? Oh. Yeah, and yeah. throwing up. This is one? This, one creature? Uh, yes, a single creature. Which creature are you choosing? Uh, left, right, or center? Middle witch. Middle witch is... Tall, short, or middle, medium-sized? Middle. Just middle, whatever. Middle witch is incapacitated with laughter. Oh, no. Uh, at the end of each of its turns, and each time it takes damage, the target can make another wisdom saving throw. On a success, the spell ends. Okay. It also has advantage on that saving throw if it's triggered by damage, which I believe it will be with this fart cloud. Oh, yeah. Fart cloud so, take goes into effect now that it's the witch's turn. So we'll have an advantage to oh try God. to get out of this. Fart cloud. They have to make... Constitution, Constitution saving throw throws. against poison. Does the fart cloud sound, oh. like, sound like Bowie? This is a hilarious spell. Uh, it's pretty good. That center witch seems to think so. <laughs> they succeed. Oh. And they are oh. unaffected by the stink. However, the one is <laughs> out of control. They cast. Wait, are they all acting as one? Yeah, they are a coven well, acting then, together. How's that? How's that laughter thing work then? Because it incapacitates one of them, but right. they're... the other two are still working together. So it literally didn't do anything because they would be doing the same exact thing. Oh no. This only acts as when three members are together. So no. So now the two, instead of acting together, <laughs> oh, the three oh, have nice. to act, or the two that are not incapacitated have to act individually. Oh, fuck. So the first <laughs> well, one, that's probably better. that ah. is interesting, though, because that drastically decreases the number of spells they can cast. Hell yeah. Mm. Thanks, hideous laughter. Here's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So the hag that you shot, Fletch changes its appearance into someone that you cannot recognize. However, oh, no. Zabbis and Flack oh. recognize the appearance awkward. as Amara. Sad. <laughs> yeah, that's why I can't recognize her. Oh. And the hag goes up to Fletch <laughs> Don't. and reaches out to him and says, why did you shoot me? Why would you? Why would you shoot me? I, I don't. Don't you know who I am? Step away, you old hag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tell her, Fletch. <laughs> the other hag, who is not in a laughing fit, transforms into Zabbis's friend that was turned into a plant. Man. Oh no. <laughs> but before the plant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I figured. And uh, walks towards you, but every step that it takes, it turns more and more into a plant. Oh. So when it finally reaches you, it's kind of a horrible Cronenbergian half plant, oh, no. half person. Oh, <laughs> And then it kind of reaches like a, a branchy arm out to you, and then it casts... These visions... Okay, like... so you have to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay, that's what I figured. Yeah. I was about to ask. And... Uh, 13? 13 does it. 
Yay. You're fine. You're unaffected. Mike, do the same. 13. 13, you're good. Okay. All right, so you're both good. It goes back up to Zavis now. Zavis never gets to go first. Right? This is very (laughs) new and confusing. Because I don't want to, like, hurt them because I'm just, I just want to know what their deal is. Like, to me, they seem like more than just things we have to fight. I'm just going to cast Dancing Lights (laughs) to just make things more confusing. (laughs) And hopefully they're just thrown off by it. Because I don't really. All right. I'm in a weird place right now. Zabbis cast Dancing Lights. And the lights, do you like create them in a specific point or are they kind of like coming out of your hand? Like, Um, what are you trying to do? I'm just, it says I'm, I'm creating four glowing Orbs that just hover. Okay. They're they're just hanging out. When you create these hovering orbs, you're watching them, and then you kind of feel this kind of like shudder through you. Oh, God. They're suddenly kind of like supercharged. No. (laughs) And there's a bigger flash of light, but they don't seem to cause any kind of like radiant damage or fire damage or anything like that, but they do start leaking. They start leaking this kind of like noxious fumes this kind of smoke and it it leaks out of the lights and it mixes with the stinking cloud smoke all my magic's fart magic there's all this this smoke kind of in the air and you all start coughing and everybody make a constitution save what the fuck I don't know Zabbis Nat 20 oh my god god Glad that worked out for you, because I got an eight. <laughs> I got a six. Everybody, except for Zabbis, passes out. Oh, oh no. And <laughs> now we're going to... I just wanted to make distracting well, lights. Well, the, 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 the witches included. Everyone. Oh, oh shit. Oh, everybody passes out. Except for Zabbis. <laughs> passes out. Oh, no. We're going to cut over to oh, the other game. Oh, you could draw stuff on their faces. Gino, <laughs> <laughs> you know, do you smell something? That's weird. Just for like a second, I thought I, I smelled. I thought maybe you had like passed some gas. No, in not the me. Presence not, of these new not in front of Yanathan. Never. Okay. So you guys were traveling with Yanathan and the other Dragonborn knights back to the city. Oh, I we we don't get a moment to to, to take in and talk to this man. I'm getting there. Okay. <laughs> no one else can really join him on the binocorn. <sighs> so you guys rode in like the sidecars of the like motorcycle carriages. Where's my badger? Badger's gone. You left the badger. No! <laughs> I didn't even say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's you happy. You left the badger on the hillside in the edge of the forest. So Last presumably thing that we talked about with the badger was that he was like a cat and he was rooting around and he was like nuzzling me. Mm-hmm. And then I abandoned the badger. Yeah. It's not sound like Marjorie. He tried to keep up. <gasps> and then oh, ki- and then this, the spell kind of wore off and he kind of like went away. Maybe so. we'll see him again. I am feeling so conflicted on so many fronts. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys get up to the gates of the city and you go inside and this is one of, if not the most breathtaking places you've ever seen. But you still kind of feel a little bit uneasy. Like it's so pretty. You're like, how is this even possible? The streets are pristine, pale blue cobblestones winding between buildings made of this kind of mossy green marble. Like it's clearly, it, it looks like marble, but it's green. And all the plants are like reds and oranges and yellows, these same kind of hues, warm hues that all the plants in this world seem to be. Walking through the streets are elves, high elves, like Zabbis. But, but Zabbis is there. <laughs> but like fancier. Uh, and they're oh. they're all they're all dressed in That's the worst this thing you could have said ostentatious <laughs> fashion. 
By the way, while we're traveling, Marjorie gets her disguise kit out and tries to like put on some makeup to make herself look a little more fancy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because you guys are all like <laughs> it's road a, worn. <laughs> yeah, it's a 15. Okay, yeah. It works. Yeah, like she's rouged you, it up, you've, baby. You've cleaned up. A I'm bit. literally yeah. imagining, you know, how like what the courtesans look like in Moulin Rouge, where they're like yes. super cakey, powdered wigs and curls. Men and women are both carrying parasols, and the parasols like change colors as you move past them. They're kind of walking these streets in this kind of like promenade kind no. of way. Shuno tries to like beat off some of the, like the dirt and caked mud from his clothes. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's you're like pig pen. Like, it's just just this cloud behind you as you kind of move through the streets. But you also see these patrols of little squads of the Dragonborn Knights. And all of these knights are armed to the teeth. I mean, they have these huge swords or axes strapped across their backs. They have sidearms of daggers or, or short swords. They're fully armored, and they're very imposing looking. But the citizens seem to pay them no mind. You, Marjorie, you've never seen such a nice city that seems to have such a military presence. Like, you've been a lot of places, and it's kind of weird to you that there's like, like, why are all these soldiers here when it looks like there's no possible threat? And you've never seen a city this big that is a singular race. The only thing you see, other than these Dragonborn Knights, are elves. There's no halflings. There's no humans, which is super weird for you, because everywhere you've ever been, there's humans. Even dwarf settlements or, like, gnomish villages, there's always a human somewhere. Does Juno feel uneasy about that? Juno is kind of conflicted, because you're looking around and you're seeing this kind of, like, homogeneous place. So that doesn't really bother you, but you are aware that you're the only human, and that bothers you. Yeah. Yeah. Can he can he do a, just a per, general perception check to see if sure. anything's weird? Well, you got to be more specific than that. <laughs> <laughs> he did just roll in that, Tony. <gasps> you know, things are very... Okay. He, he feels that things look very nice. Yes. Too nice. Yes. So I want to know... He's looking for the cracks in the facade. Exactly. Sure. Okay. The citizens seem to be oblivious to anything. They're carrying on about their day as if it's any other day for them. As they're walking past uh, the procession of you guys with Yanathan and the knights that are guarding you, they're giving all these kind of gestures of deference to Yanathan. There's small bows or nods. Everybody is moving. Like you, It seemed to just be the natural pace of traffic, but now you notice that everybody is moving out of your way. And as they do, they're all kind of giving these gestures of deference to him. No one else is dressed the way that he is dressed. No one else has a flower on their lapel. No one else is wearing the colors that he's wearing. No one else has their hair tied back like he does. Everybody else, it's either free-flowing or it's like curled. You see the patrols of the guards. They're all taking in everything. You can see the faces of these guards as you pass by because they're not wearing any kind of helm or anything. Presumably to expose their dragon features and their faces and their heads. Some have frills, uh, some have horns. You notice that they all appear to be a different shade of blue. I think that's about all you notice. They certainly have their color scheme down. So you guys are walking through the city, and Yanathan speaks to Marjorie. He, he uh, like gestures to Juno, and he says, uh, he looks a bit rough to be the heir, uh, and I'm not sure they... <laughs> And I'm not sure no. why they would send him such an important person with such a... And he kind of like looks down at you. And you can tell that he's looking down at you. And then he says, an odd escort. He says, it's been, uh, it's been so long in your mortal years since we were meant to receive him that I thought your people forgot. Uh, we would never forget. 
You see, I've known my whole life, and it's it's been a while. Oh yes, I, I'm sure your people just forgot the the Marjorie way to get over Judah here. Juno with big eyes. <laughs> Juno can hear this, right? Yeah. Oh, totally. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Juno's got even bigger eyes. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> so you walk for a bit, and he he says, uh, "We made the preparations years ago, but never received him. So we are we are definitely eager to to get this." Uh, Get this ritual underway. It's vastly overdue. As are we. We've journeyed quite quite a long time. That's good to hear. And then he, he leads you up to a, a particularly ornate building. Columns in front of the, of the green marble. It's very kind of like temple looking. And he says, ah, yes, we're here. He brings you inside and leads you up to a big round door being guarded by more of these knights. And he gestures to them and they open this door and it reveals the cart to an elevator. And he says, right this way. Yes, of course. Yes, of, of course. And you get in the elevator. The elevator doors close and he gestures to a dragonborn elevator operator who pulls a lever. There's a loud a mechanical clanking noise. The cart starts to move up and we'll go back to everybody else. <laughs> okay, so it's just me, like... It's just you. Everybody oh, else is, oh. is past oh, the fuck no. out. Um, how do I revive people? I can't tell you that. Oh, no. Can I say anything? No, you're asleep. Oh, no. Uh, oh. <laughs> I like picturing Zappas just going around going, oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> As you're kind of fumbling around trying to decide what to do you hear a rustling through the trees through the forest the kind of barrier plant barrier that had kept you from retreating before is gone it faded when the hags passed out so you're left just in a regular terrifying forest in a world you're unfamiliar with and you hear this rustling you look over in its direction and you see a massive pale hand reach through the brush and pull aside, just toss a tree oh. right out to the side, <laughs> revealing a uh, hulking figure with one singular eye. Fuck. <laughs> uh, what do you do? What? Why are we in Hercules? <laughs> that was before Beth That's, started singing that song. Hercules on a roll. This has oh. been stuck in my head all day. Go, go. It has not yet noticed you. You've got a you've got a quick window here to decide oh. what to do before this. Uh, it doesn't have great depth perception. Um, fog cloud. I cast fog cloud. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So you cast fog cloud. So there's this kind of like dense magical cloud of like all these different kind of clouds <laughs> yeah. that have kind of culminated around you. And the Cyclops obviously sees that. Shit. <laughs> and he rears back, inhales deep breath, and blows oh, no. uh, the clouds <laughs> away, exposing at first the charmed hag who had been laughing, who was set back a little bit. And when he sees this, he kind of stops his breath. Uh, there's still a little bit of the cloud that's obscuring you, Zappas. Mm -hmm. uh, and he grabs the uh, the hag by uh, one one leg as if it were a doll and throws it over his shoulder oh. uh, and then inhales again. You have another window while he's inhaling to do something else if you want. I'm going to cast Fireball at its feet. Okay. So he has to make a dexterity saving throw. So there, it's a, yeah, it's a 20-foot uh, radius sphere centered on a point. So you're just on the edge of this. Oh, okay. Um, so you, you are a little bit away from where this other hag was. But, like, you feel the heat from this fireball pretty hot on your face. And it just barely catches uh, 
the robes of one of the other fallen hags. Okay. But doesn't hurt anybody that you're nearby. Okay. However, the Cyclops doesn't react at all. Mm. <laughs> he then exhales one more time, Fuck. blowing the cloud away, exposing all the unconscious creatures and you. Uh, <laughs> and then he yelps and with the hag swings it your way. Hi. <laughs> Take oh. 28 <gasps> damage. Whoa. Yeah. What's 33 minus 20? Is that five? Oh, God. I guess it's your turn now. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cast False Life, which... Ooh, what is this one? I yeah, well. am unfamiliar with this spell. I'm going to cast it level two. So what it does is I, I gain a D4 plus four hit points, and then because I'm casting at level two, I get another five oh, hit points. Cool spell. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Nice buff spell. And it spell. lasts for an hour. Yeah. So, okay, I get 11 hit points back. So on the monster's turn... It's going to lean down and with one huge sweeping paw grab, grab the remaining creatures that are unconscious, including yourself. So I need you to make a strength roll. What happened to that other witch that he threw, though? Four. Four? Oh, yeah. Oh, he used it as a uh, yeah. as a weapon against Zavis. So it's like a bloody broken mess. Okay. Shit. Yeah. That's okay. gross. Yeah, but he's still holding on to it. Okay. Uh, so it grabs all of you. <laughs> And kind of like bunches you oh, all together. I have inspiration. I rolled a four. Okay. So I'm going to try that again. We're just yeah. flopping around. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are totally unconscious. Um, we write 14. Bumper. 14, <laughs> it still grabs you. Okay. Jeremy, yeah. Jeremy, well, this uh, is your moment. But good Jeremy. choice. Jeremy. So it grabs all of you and kind of bunches you all together and then walks into the forest. And you, Zabbis, uh, you're kind of like you know, slung over its shoulder like this. Oh, God. And you can see behind you, as you're carried deeper into the forest, Jeremy kind of, like, come out from a hiding place, and its little feather eyebrows kind of, like, make an uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> like, no, Jeremy! And we're going to cut back to Marjorie <laughs> oh, and geez. Juno. <laughs> hey, everybody. Russell here with a few quick mid-game announcements, and then we're going to get you right back to it. Thanks so much for listening to episode 24 of D&D&D. Be sure to follow us on social media at dndndpod on Twitter and dndndpod on Instagram. Or email us at dndndpod at gmail.com. We got something really exciting to tell you about. We are going to soon be offering merch on Beth's shop online. So Beth's shop, where she sells her amazing art prints and things like that, is bethbrad.shop. And she's going to start to offer some really cool dndnd items. Uh, prints of the incredible logo that she designed. And we're working on getting a couple shirts up and maybe some stickers and things like that. So look out for that in the future. We will announce on Twitter when everything is officially up. Uh, but we are definitely going to start offering our very first bit of merch on Beth's shop. Again, that is BethBrad.shop. Uh, and while you're there, you can check out her amazing other art. Uh, I really like her series of bird prints are really interesting and fun. And she's got some really great rad portraits and things like that up there as well. So check that out. Again, that is BethBrad.shop. We are nearing the end of Season 1 of D&D&D here. This is the second-to-last recording session that we are editing into these last few episodes. So there will be Episode 24, Part uh, 2, and probably Part 3. And then there will be Episode 25 and a few parts of that one. And then we will be done with Season 1. But fret not, because we have had our pre-production meeting for Season 2, and we are going to start recording that in November. 
Uh, we have a couple cool things scheduled for October so that we're going to avoid a gap in releases. But once season one is over, we are going to move to a weekly release schedule. So apologies to everybody who wants two episodes a week. Believe me, I would love to be able to put out two episodes a week for you. But it's just a time thing with the editing of the episodes. We want to make sure that we're releasing consistently and we don't have a big gap between seasons. And in order to do that, we're just going to have to move to weekly releases. So apologies for the inconvenience and for the change. But we want to make sure that we put out something good for all of you. And in order to do that, we need the extra time to uh, work on things. So weekly releases in season two, that'll be coming before the end of the year. And we've got some cool stuff planned for the in-between time. So stay tuned. Thanks to everybody who's tweeted about the show. People like Ray at Ray underscore Rempel on Twitter who says, I literally love D&D pod. I listen to it all the time. It would be super awesome if you guys could record video as well as sound. Uh, We don't have any plans to make video a regular thing, but something we did talk about in our production meeting is maybe doing a stream for a special occasion coming up soon. So stay tuned. We will announce that once we officially make it official, but we have talked about what a video stream of the show would be and the logistics of that. So we are exploring it. No promises, but we are exploring it, Ray, and all those interested in watching us play Dungeons and Dragons. Thanks to Kyle the Glorious at Kyle the Glorious on Twitter who says, Hey, if you're ever interested in absolutely ruining weekends for yourself, might I interest you in D&D and D-Pod? They update Monday and Wednesday, so it really seems like the days that aren't those two kind of don't matter anymore. Well, thanks, Kyle. Those days are really important for us because that's when we make the show. But yes, we're really glad that we have been able to make Mondays and Wednesdays so good for so many of you. Um, we will continue to release, as I said, Mondays and Wednesdays through the rest of the season. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to everybody who has listened and who has tweeted about the show and who has left a review on iTunes. And that's one of the best ways you can help us out by leaving a review. And that is it for me. Thanks, everybody. Do what's fun. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Juno looks at Marjorie. The expression is as if to say, what the fuck? What do I do? Now we're in an elevator, just us and one elevator guy. You're in like, it's a bigger than our like elevator car. Like it's more kind of small room size and it, it's round. But um, and it's you, it's you okay. guys, Yanathan, and two guards with the elevator operator. Okay. You're going up. And Juno doesn't know Thieves Can't, right? Juno does not know Thieves Can't. No, no, no. Or old people language? Or old people language. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> okay. Marjorie grabs Juno's hand and squeezes it three times. Okay. And looks at Juno and winks. Juno maintains his alarmed expression. <laughs> <laughs> and then right after that, the cart slows to a stop and Yanathan says, ah, we're here. And the doors open. And you're in the center of like a round palatial kind of garden. There's columns all around the edges of this garden. And you realize as you look out past them that you're at the top of this city. The view is 
spectacular. I mean, you're you're seeing the sunset in the distance across this otherworldly, beautifully colored landscape. The room that you're in, everything is covered in uh, some kind of plant or grass or flower. There are these green marble benches that have these ridiculously pretty elves strewn about them, lounging about. Some are kind of like eating fruit right off of these fruit trees that are growing next to them. Some are are talking uh, over scrolls or books. There's a you know there's a handful of of these people, five or six of them, uh, and running around everywhere are these long, stout dogs with short, stubby legs and pointy ears, and they have coats of like sandy brown with white spots, or mm. or dark brown and black with white spots, and they are absolutely adorable. Some of the elves will like occasionally give a little piece of fruit to one or like throw a ball or something. This is where Yanathan leads you into. And he says, welcome to the chambers of the high council of this city. He like kind of leads you up to where they're all kind of lounging around. They all have flowers like Yanathan, but they're in more kind of like leisurely dress or robes. They're not in this kind of like military uniform. And one of them says, Ah, we've been expecting you for so long. And he's addressing Juno. Sorry to be late. Your Excellency. Quick question. How must we prepare for the sacrifice? One of the counselors looks to you, Marjorie, and says, Well, we're off to a great start. It's been years past your deadline, but you finally brought us the heir of Earthadar. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, did they say sacrifice? No. Oh. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) This is the heir, after all. You know, my, I, my memory's a little rusty. I was raised in a community that didn't firsthand hear about all of this. And, Not surprising. And then, mm-hmm. Was appointed uh, a guide. Interesting choice, but we expect that kind of thing from humans. So, I was curious from the horse's mouth, so to speak, what, <sighs> what this story is. Such a vulgar expression. The beautiful binocorn's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only but a lowly, dirty, horrible urchin. Real dirty. I apologize. Well, we can't assume, since it's been so long and you're cursed with these mortal lives, that stories would make it as far down as your generation to one of you. And they make a really, like, disgusted face when they say that last bit. Marjorie wipes the lipstick off her mouth. <laughs> Long ago, a deal was made between the human family of Earthadar and the people of our world to keep the valley where they settled safe. And part of that deal was bringing the male line every few generations here to this place for sacrifice. You're way overdue. It's been years, uh, about 17, 18 years. I'm not 100% sure exactly how long a year is. We don't count them. You see, but it's been uh, quite some time since since we were due the the air, and I believe you've probably now been seeing the effects in your world of what happens when this deal is not honored. And I think that now we can finally complete the ritual. Well, so quick question: uh, sacrificing the heir to Earthadar doesn't do anything to your world, correct? It only prevents the catastrophe we're currently seeing in our world. And they kind of hold for a beat. And they, like, quickly look around at each other, and then they go, correct. Okay, great. Glad to clear that up. If, if you wouldn't mind, me and the heir would like a moment to confer privately. You know, end-of-life uh, privacies need to be respected. 
Yes, though, though my, my guide is ill-spoken and not much to look at, I will grant oh. her this small favor. Marjorie's like Silly making a as fist, it is. digging her nails into her hand. <laughs> I suppose we've waited this long, and they kind of dismissively like point like around the corner. Well, there's, it's a round room. There aren't really corners, <laughs> but like around the edge of the like center pillar where the elevator is. Okay, so we like go off. Okay. Okay. So we are private now. As far as you can, there's no one else around. Okay. Marjorie, I'm so sorry. They are being very rude to you. I do not like it. Also, I'm concerned they want to kill me. They definitely definitely want to kill you, and they definitely are going to get something out of it. You saw they paused. They paused. It was a a pregnant pause, pause, yes. Mm. Oh, what was that three-hand squeeze and wink about? What were you trying to say? I... I got you, boy. Okay, that's what I got from it. Good. Okay, good. Okay, great. This, we're in quite a pickle. We could just be honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as, as a value, I like that, but I mean, I, I, I'm not who they want. I'm not an Earthadar. You're not an Earthadar. I mean, for a second, I thought that I secretly was. Was an Earthadar? And I thought this is this is pretty cool. <laughs> it's been a long time since they've had the Earthadar air come by. Do you think something happened to the Earthadars in our world? Is Lady Katheria an Earthadar? She's been missing a long time. Oh, shit. But she's a lady. Did she just not have a child? I've got a lot of questions about this, but we should probably figure out. And then that's when you notice that standing behind you is Yanathan. He could hear you (laughs) and has puzzled together that, Juno, you are not who you said you are. Yanathan, I apologize, my idiot, tiny, dumb speck of an insect brain. Oh, I think your little charade is over, you vile creature. And then he pulls the flower out of his lapel and it magically... The stem of the rosish flower that it is extends into this thin, long, sharp blade, and the flower itself forms this like ornate basket hilt around his hand, and he flashes into like an on guard position and roll for initiative. Oh, we're all gonna die. Nat 20. Okay. Oh, Beth goes first. Nat 20. Oh, an initiative Who rules? has the higher yeah. dex mod? Plus four. You do. Plus three. Yes, so Marjorie, Juno, Yanathan. Marjorie, you do not have a lot of room to move around. You're in the platform that you're on. Uh, there is a ceiling, but it's all open air around you, and it is a steep, steep, long drop off to the next level of the city below. There's only the, the kind of walkway that you're on is only about 15, 20 feet wide in this ring around the center. Uh, it does widen out a little bit where the counselors were to kind of accommodate their garden, but other than that, you you kind of have a pretty narrow mobility. What do you do? Oh, God. Marjorie is going to attempt to jump onto the shoulders of Yanathan. Okay. And hold her dual rapiers to his neck. Okay. Make I an acrobatics check. Acrobatics. All right. That was a 29. 29. Okay. <laughs> you flip up onto him. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hold my rapiers to his throat. Great. And I say, Yanathan, we do not mean you any harm, but we are on a mission from the other world. That part is true. I have my own orders, and they are more important than anything that could have come from your pathetic world. And then we go to Juno. Okay. Well, with Marjorie seemingly, like, you have this situation down, Juno's just going to talk to Yanathan and implore him, Yanathan. I do not care how handsome and charming you are. (laughs) We are on a mission 
from Galamathir and the Order of Galadoy. Do these words mean anything to you? We are on a vital mission for the protection of our realm. You see, when you mention the Order, you see, like, only what you can interpret as, like, blind hatred flash across uh, his, like, beautiful shit. eyes. <laughs> but other than that, he just kind of, like, clenches his perfect teeth <laughs> and says uh, nothing. Can I cast Speak with Animals? <gasps> you can cast the spell. I'm not going to let you say okay. anything. Okay. I'll say it on my next turn then? Sure. Okay, yeah, I'll cast Speak with Animals, and that means for 10 minutes I'll gain the ability to communicate with beasts and might be able to persuade them to do me a small favor. On Yanathan's turn, he mutters something under his breath and then disappears. <laughs> oh. And Marjorie just plummets to the ground. Make an acrobatics roll. I'm gonna, you're hey. flippy. You can, might be able to be okay. If, yeah, 21. Yeah, you're cool. You like roll and do like a cool, like, and then, like, fling your blades back out like you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> and Yanathan reappears behind you and slashes wide with that blade of his. Make a, I guess, a dexterity roll. Both of you. I'm rolling queen numbers right now. Yeah. 24. Okay. Yes. 11. Juno is frozen solid. Oh. And he, Yanathan points his blade at you, Marjorie, and says, give up. What happens if I do? You'll face trial. For crimes against the council. And I look at Juno and his frozen, teary, crying, sad face. <laughs> his miserable, pleading eyes. And I look at Yanathan and I say, okay. And then we'll cut back to the other team. D&D is executive produced, written, and edited by me, James Gressel. Co-produced and additional mixing by Joel Arnold. Our original music is by Jeremy Nisato. Hear more of Jeremy's music at jeremynisato.com. D&D&D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Radloff, Mike Saigan, and Joel Arnold. Next time on D&D&D, you're in what appears to be a laboratory of some kind. There's shelves with books and scrolls and different items and displays and tables. There's a shelf on one wall full of beakers and vials and bottles that cover almost every surface. Everything's covered in a thick layer of dust, but everything's intact. This isn't like the kitchen you were just in. This has been untouched for some time. Fletch is getting flashbacks of when Zavis... And he were both in the, oh my in the lab the first Let's time. Let's just drink stuff. <laughs>